0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Stay Paid. My name is Sefton Eisenhart. And my name is Luke Akery. And today we're going to be talking about the most important document of your entire career your contact list.
1: Yes, this is your money maker. This is what's going to drive your business. We have an unbelievable saying here your net worth is in your network. So your database will be directly correlated to how much money you make. If you're looking at your business today and you're going, I'm not making enough money. What you need to look at is you need to look at your contact list, your database. But I would say one of the primary issues people have is they have
0: some kind of frame of reference for what their database is, but they don't actually have a formal database. Back in the day, you might have had a Rolodex or something, but now people just probably have a bunch of contacts in their phone, and when it comes time to actually list the people in their sphere— they really don't have anybody off the top of their head.
1: Yeah, they struggle. Uh, we see this in our business, as you know. So we service majority of like service industries like insurance agents, financial advisors, real estate agents. Number one pain point when I took over Reminder Media on the president side is that we were signing people up. But literally 69 out of every 100 people who signed up actually used the product. And the reason why was because they struggled to get us that contact list. They struggled in having it in some type of format, actually developing a client list that they could send to us. And so they never ended up using our marketing tools because they didn't have a list. So today, I kind of want to break down for you guys... Three different areas that if you don't have a list, you literally can build off of these three areas to help you generate a list. And then for those of you who have a list, you can make sure and look at your list today that you have these three key areas on your list. And then we're gonna talk about after you defined your list, segmentation and categorization of your list is critical to help you monetize it. And so if you go to Stay Paid. Podcast.com. We'll have a download for you that gives you basically 75 to 100 key people that should be on your list that the everyday person doesn't really think of. I'm talking about like your postman, the person who takes away your trash, the people you meet at the gym. We'll give you a list that you can look at and get ideas to add to your list. But where I would start is that, like I said, your net worth is going to be directly correlated to your network. And I believe it was New York Times, there's a stat I wrote down. The New York Times said that 65% of your business should be coming from referrals. When they looked at the industry of businesses, they saw 65% of business come from referrals. And where does referrals come from? It comes from your database of people that you're keeping in touch with. And the three that I wrote down, and obviously, Sefton, you can chime in, but the first one that I put down is absolute critical, is when you start building your business as a real estate agent, insurance agent, as a business professional, your friends and family should be on your list. And the number one shock and roll of eyes that I get is that there's no way I need to put my mom on my list. There's no way that I need to put my uncle on my list. They're going to use me. I'm going to tell you a little story. I grew up, (laughs) and when I got to college, I sold cell phones. I worked for Verizon Wireless, was selling cell phones, and my college roommate had a job with me, and that's how I paid my way through school, is doing Verizon phone sales. And he continued on the Verizon path, and obviously I went a different road. But I ended up buying an iPhone, new iPhone for my wife, for her birthday. And when I went and bought that iPhone, I did not go buy it from him. And he actually worked at a store near, near me. I didn't go buy it from him. And it wasn't because I didn't like him. It wasn't because, you know, I didn't know he sold cell phones. It's because he wasn't top of mind. And he had never specifically asked me to, hey, Luke, if you ever buy a new phone, come buy it for me. And I know he gets commissions off of that, and it just was not on the top of my mind. And that's the challenge I give to everybody listening to this podcast, is your friends and family... They've got to be on your list because if I asked you what your uncle does in business today and what he needs in his job to make him successful, would you be able to name that? Chances are you might be able to name what his profession is, but you don't know what he needs in that profession to drive his success. And I guarantee you, they might know you're a real estate agent, but they don't know you need referrals. They don't know that you actually are counting on them to give them business, to refer them out to your friends and family. That's why they have to be on your list. So friends and family is the first one I would put on your list, no matter what. That's where you b- build off of. Second area is I would put the members of your social routine. So this would be like, um, I don't know, Sufton, you go to the gym? I try to go to the gym. You guys should see this guy, man. I need to go he, to he church. He has some ripped arms right now. <laughs> I, need, I need to go to church. So, not the yeah, gym. He needs to go to church. But that's a great point. So the gym, the church... That's what I'm talking about. Look at your social life. Map out the last month for you. So in the last month, you've been to the gym, you've been to work, right? I've interacted where with else have thousands you gone?
0: of people. Have you gone to coffee shops? No, I go to coffee shops. I go to different writers groups when I'm trying to hone my craft outside of Philadelphia. I've gone to parties and stuff like that there where you there's go. first-time homebuyers. So there's li- I've literally interacted face-to-face with thousands
1: of different so people. So here is the tangible strategy. It's the tangible strategy is map out what you just did in the last month. What are the, the social routines that you do? Church, gym, writer's club. Um, I put down here that, you know, you could go to like meetup.com if you're not part of anything, if you're one of those lonely hermits that lives in a yeah, cave. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> you can go to meetup.com. You can find meetups and stuff you're interested in. Then when you go... Here's the beautiful thing about a social routine is that you can have multiple chances to build an authentic relationship. So, I always give people the example I'm not asking you to be the crazy person in yoga class to go up to everybody, especially you, Sefton, because if you went up to all the yeah, people, I don't, in yoga I don't need class, to do anything. It might creep them out. But the point being is that you, if you ha- consistently see the same people, you can authentically introduce yourself to them. Keep in touch with them. Check in with them. Hey, how's your week going? And that will build into the opportunity to do what you do so well as a business or what you should be doing, which is, hey, not sure what you do in business. I'm a realtor or I'm an insurance agent. And if you ever need anything, man, would love to be your realtor, would love to be your insurance agent ask that person if you can put them on your list and that should be something that you are doing frequently and you should have a goal for yourself that you're going to add on you know at least 10 people every month to your database that come from your social routine. For all my agents listening to this, real estate agents, if you're a fan of Gary Keller, if you listen to his story, he talked about meeting people in the grocery store. Now, that's extremely awkward, (laughs) Um, but he talked about going up and introducing himself to people in the grocery store. So that's how far you can take it on your social routine.
0: Well, and also another thing is, with social media nowadays, if you can simply get a person's name, you can extend that conversation onto social media and work it that way. You don't necessarily have to go up to them and ask them for their address, and you don't have to hit every single person you talk to with an elevator pitch. It's something that happens gradually. So I don't want people to think that you have to go up to every single person, hit them with a sales pitch, and get That's their address. That's a good point. But over time, if you can advance it through social media, that's probably the, that's how a lot of people meet just in general, you know, friends and stuff like that. It's kind of that first step towards
1: something more than kind of a, an acquaintance. No, I agree hundred percent, and we probably aren't, you know, leveraging enough in our businesses right now. Just the aspect of what social media plays into the networking with people. You tend to think of social media as you're hooking up with your friends from high school to see how their life is at, but it is such an an unbelievable business tool because it is such a soft approach, almost like a text message. You know, when you receive a text message, it's not really threatening. It's not like a phone call. Social media is almost the same way from a networking perspective. Yeah, it's a good way to do a
0: soft touch, but at the same time, what would you say is the most important one of all three of these groups so far?
1: To me, I think it all starts with the third one, that uh, if you're in business, I would believe this is the absolute most important in your business. But if you're a new business owner, you're not going to have this. So the third one is your past and your current clients. So if you are in business right now and you've been in business for a couple of years, you have done deals, you have met and had clients before, it is essential to have these people in your database. Have them so you can market to them. I know most referrals come within 24 months of a transaction, like a big transaction like buying a car or buying a house. So it, you need to be focused on marketing to these people and having these people in your list. And you think right now this is a dumb moment. Of course I need to have my clients and my past clients on, but I'm telling you, we have 30,000 clients here at Reminder Media, and the amount of our clients that don't Keep track of their past clients and don't keep track of their people in their database. is astounding. And so you have to have these people in your list because these are the people who are going to turn into your advocates as we get into the segmentation of this database. These are the people who are truly your advocates, which your advocates are people who refer, for, refer you out, vouch for you. So I believe your past and current clients are the most critical. If you're new in business, it would be your friends and family. It would have to be you start with your friends and family. I don't know. Did you ever sell Cutco knives?
0: No, but okay. I did go did do an rec- did to an interview to sell recruited? Cutco knives. Yeah, you got yeah I got recruited. By,
1: all of us probably have yeah. gotten recruited by Cutco So everybody cuts some... their teeth selling knives. But here's why they're <clears throat> successful. Here's why their business is oh, successful. I love this. This is why Amway is successful. <laughs> because you know what they get you to do? They recruit you, and they tell you to call your grandma they tell you to call your aunt. They tell you to call your mom and your dad. Start there because those people will give you a chance. And so they're leveraging what I just was mentioning, which is when you're new to business, you got to leverage your friends and family. Don't be ashamed. Put them on your list. So just as a quick recap, they're really the three segments. If you're new to this business, what you need to look at when you're building your database is sit down, write out your friends and family, sit down, write out your social routine, sit down, write out your past and your current clients, and and there's your database. From that database, you literally can build a business. If you're in real estate, for every 50 people you market to, you should be getting at least one transaction. So, if you think of it in that terms, you got 50 people, you got one transaction. So, start building that list and start leveraging within these, the technologies that exist to help you build this list. Again, you know, go to staypaidpodcast.com. We're going to give you kind of like a checklist that that you can download to help you figure out, you know, stuff you wouldn't normally think of. Like yeah, if your you post-man. answer these
0: questions, you will, you will have a contact list by yeah, the time you pretty you're done it. it. It'll be a basic foundation. It won't be anything special. You're not going to become a millionaire off it, but it's going to get you that momentum to get started. So once you have a list, what are some of the things that we want to use to organize the list? Because just having the list really is the first step, and it's not going to net you much money. You got to really work the list and organize it.
1: Yeah, so you know that you're getting into list segmentation and the value of your list is really is in your ability to segment it and leverage that segmentation to turn that into new business. And there's really four different high level categories I see for a database that I tend to walk people through. I tend to imagine it like a bullseye. So you have a couple circles if you're drawing it out and the outer rim of your bullseye It would be your target group. So common mistake people make when they're building their database is they put everybody and anybody on their list. Here's the thing, and you might be thinking, wait a second, you're contradicting yourself here. I'm not. When you look back to your social routine, you look back to your friends and family, you look back to your current clients, your past clients, what you want to make sure you're doing is you're targeting people that you actually want to do business with. You're not trying to market to everybody, the whole public, especially if you're in the service industry, because not every, you can't do it cost-effectively. You cannot market to the whole world cost-effectively. And quite frankly, some people are just not going to clash with your – or they're going to clash with your personality. They're not going to jive with you. They're not going to want to do business with you. You're not going to have that trust effect with them, that likable effect with them. And so you really want to define your target group. So your target group would be something like an example in real estate – Are you a luxury market agent? Do you work with millionaire clients? That's a target group. Now you know you try to network in your social team at meetup.com. Not that millionaires are proud. Maybe they're on meetup.com. I don't know. (laughs) But you try to network. There might be a millionaire version of meetup.com that I don't know about. That's very possible. (laughs) But you try to network with those people. Right, and so your target group—it maybe is millennials, maybe it's um, baby boomers. Like I have an agent that I'm working with right now that targets seniors. So they're are a senior transition specialist, and they target seniors. So from their list of people that they they do seminars. From a social routine standpoint, they go and they speak to try to meet new people. You know, they have friends and family and they leverage their clients to get more referrals. And they're targeting people who are 65 plus that are looking to downsize to get into a senior home community and they're looking to be able to sell their house for them. So that's their target audience. Then, That's the outer rim of your bullseye, so you got to determine your target. Then you move to the interactive stage, so these people you've actually met, you've engaged with, they've had some interaction with you. So this could be interaction to a marketing piece that you've done for them, so maybe you've sent them American Lifestyle Magazine, and they've actually engaged with it, they've called you because of it, they thanked you for it, there's been some interaction, maybe it's been on your website, but... You've actually had some form of engagement with these people and you move them to this stage when you believe this engagement can turn into a transaction or a referral within 18 months. So you look at these people that you are targeting, they've engaged with you, and now you qualify them in this interaction, this engagement stage to go, could this person buy or sell with me? do a transaction with me, or refer me to someone who can do a transaction with me within the next 18 months.
0: Yeah, which is important because just because somebody's not ready to pull the trigger and maybe they never will, you still don't want to write them off because you want to make sure sometimes if you still build that rapport with that person, you might have an advocate that's going to bring people in for
1: years to come who never actually does business with you themselves. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then after they've engaged with you, they move into the third category, which is... As you've nurtured that engagement, they go to the hot leads list. So that category of hot leads where you are actually now staying on them in a different way, different form of communication than you are with people who've just interacted with you or people in your target because these people are actively looking to what? Buy, sell, do a transaction, Right, And well,
0: everything changes at this point. I mean, it correct. really gets into a way more extreme form of contact if you're trying to get them. It's You kind of have to call them every day. You need to be hitting them in, in, as you would say, a holistic fashion. Correct. So you need to be getting in front of them as much as possible because the person
1: who, con- you know, squeakiest wheel gets the grease kind of situation. Correct. And so, yeah, you want to stay on them like white on rice. Then they move from the hot lead standpoint. The hope is they've done a transaction from you. And they move to the center of the bullseye where you want to get everybody in your database to be advocates for your business. So they move into that past client stage, that advocate stage where they vouch for you, they give you testimonials, they refer you out, and then ultimately they do business with you again with a repeat transaction. But your goal should be looking at your database and going, how can, even though you know the advocate is the hardest stage, how can I get everybody in my database funneling down into this advocate stage from where they go from my target audience to interacting with me to a hot lead stage where they're actively on the market looking to buy sell do a transaction and then they've done a transaction and then they're in the advocate stage so there really is how you should view your database is after you've built it separate them out into these four stages and then maybe in a future podcast we'll talk about how you can market to these four stages Because each one of them is a little different from a cadence perspective, how often you actually reach them, and then from a content perspective. Yeah, and
0: you know, just one stat to kind of wrap it up as we're going through this. And this is something that a lot of people don't realize when it comes to past and current clients. You know, the ink is dry, the deal is done, and you kind of forget about them because you move on to the next lead. And that's very tempting and it's understandable. But after a positive experience, research has shown that 83% of customers would be happy to provide a referral – But salespeople certainly, they don't ask, they don't market to them, and you go your separate ways, you diverge, and only 29% of customers actually end up giving you that referral. So that's 83% that you could have versus the 29% that most people are getting, and you can imagine how much money you're leaving on the table in that situation. Yeah, it's awesome. So there you have it, guys. Those are three groups from where you can pull contacts from to build your list. If you go to staypaidpodcast.com, we're going to give you a document, a checklist that can help you get started, and some very high-level qualifiers that you can apply to that contact list.
1: Uh, Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you soon. And guys, I want to close with this. Take action on one thing you've heard today. The difference between a top producer and a mediocre producer is top producers take action. So take action on one thing you've heard today.